Welcome to Hip to the Scene. Talking music, Talking music videos, and, and everything in between. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Hip to the Scene, where every episode we get together with an expert, someone who has given everything they've got to helping creatives all over this world. And it's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. We ask them a question. Yes, it is a question that we are quite confident that the folks viewing and all of the artists and bands across this world torn asunder are looking to have answered. So today's question is why is consistency so important to building your career, brand, and community? Well, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to consistency, the first person I always think of is Jerry Bryant. Jerry is our guest today on Hip to the Scene, and he is and has been for nearly four decades the legendary TV programmer and music aficionado, he has introduced the world to some of your favorite bands and artists. Absolutely no doubt about it, because it's been many decades he's been doing it. And how has he been doing it? He's been doing it as the founder and host of JBTV. Yes, JBTV in Chicago, everyone. Jerry has created a platform and live stage where the cream of the crop can be heard and seen by tens of millions internationally. JBTV is more than just a show. It is an experience. Jerry's charming, encouraging, relentless, positive personality is one of the reasons why JBTV has so many flipping super fans. It's true. He has been the first to give television exposure to the likes of Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins, Arctic Monkeys. Without his help in JBTV, who knows where the countless musicians he's championed might be. He is known for going against the grain. All the time, he is exposing the underappreciated and he's giving them the shot that folks like radio stations and MTV would never offer up. So, Jerry, it is my great privilege and pleasure to welcome you to Hip to the Scene. Wow, it's a pleasure to be hip to the scene with you, Andy. <laughs> well, you know, I think that when it comes to music, you live it, breathe it, you absolutely sweat it because all of the incredible content that you are responsible for over the last 40 years. I mean, it's a matter of public record, ladies and gentlemen. If you go to JBTV uh, Music, you're going to see it's an amazing YouTube channel closing in on 70,000 subscribers. And why is it? It's because of the content. Jerry, your attention to detail is unflappable. Well, that's part of the business, is it? You got to be, 
you got to do something that uh, you have a passion for. And nowadays, if you don't have a passion for it, don't do it. My passion all these years has been to expose the brand new artists first. I love it when I have like the back in the early days with uh, Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins and just so many, so many, Jeff Buckley. And uh, more recently, we hosted BTS a few years ago and did a secret show that no one knew about it, but it was, it was their first television appearance. And it was the first time, because they go from these big stages. You've seen, you've seen how their dance routines are, you know, it's like gigantic. And you've been at our studio. We have a simple, you know, 20 by 20 foot stage. So they had to redo stuff, but they did it. And I got them ready for Saturday Night Live because that stage is even smaller. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about community here a lot. And the reason we talk about it is because it does take a leader and someone with passion and enthusiasm and the kind of energy that is literally contagious. You are a human magnet. This community there in the beautiful state of Illinois, this community has been growing for decades. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's so cool to work with artists, you know, and see them grow, you know. Uh, it, uh, you know, like Jack Antonoff, he was just on the Grammys a while back uh, with Taylor Swift, and I remember he came into our studio when he first started with a Steel Train, his first band, and then he came back with the Bleachers, you know. And uh, it's so cool, even uh, movie stars, you know, we've had. Remember Phantom Planet, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, we ha we had them on as a band. We taped them at uh, at Shuba's, I believe, here in Chicago, and uh, we featured them and everything. And I remember Jack was saying, "Well, you know, uh, I can do movies and make all this money, or I can do music and be poor." <laughs> and uh, he stuck to movies, and he still does music, I'm sure, because music never gets out of your blood. You know, I, I talked to so many people that had bands when they were early on. And then because of economic reasons, they had to get a job and they got into the corporate world and their music career fell aside. And always, every day they go to work at this job they don't care about thinking, oh, if I could have only made it in music, you know. So music is so therapeutic. It's gotten me through a lot. Now, you did say 40 years. I have to correct you. It actually is 37. So correct. <laughs> correct. Just no problem. But uh, I'm going to go for 40, you know. But it hasn't been easy, but I've consistently, I've done uh, 9,853 shows as of today, uh, hour-long shows, nonstop. I also do marathons uh, every New Year's, around New Year's. I have a Safe Drive and Health Awareness Marathon that I've done for 31 years, and uh, where we have all the artists that come on our show and actually then give a safe driving tip or whatever. And I've had like Illinois Secretary of State, Jesse White on, Marty uh, Belushi, which is uh, Bluski, which uh, has been my co-host all these years. And she's a traffic safety uh, consultant, but she was actually a victim and she got through a terrible crash. And uh, she's been working with AIM and, you know, the Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists. And so I do that every year, including this last year, I did a show too. So uh, dedication, it means a lot and you got to be consistent. That means a lot too. So, uh, there. <laughs> well, you know, it's very true how, uh, so many of these artists that we see right there on the ground floor and gosh knows 
anybody watching this transmission could be in that exact same boat. They are an up and coming artist. They are creative and they're looking for tips and guidance and sage wisdom. And I guess the reason we talk about these great stories of people just starting out and being there and of course, Jerry, I'm counting the feathers in my United States Marine Corps utility cap. I keep looking for more. And I think about all those artists and bands that over 20 years, I've had the great honor and privilege of championing. And I would send these artists to you, sir. Mm -hmm. If I had a nickel for every time I had a client call me, said, I just got a call from my good buddy from college. He lives in Chicago. The minute I hear he lives in Chicago, I know what's coming next. They saw the video on JBTV. Yeah, that means so much to an artist to get that kind of recognition. You know, uh, it, 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 you know, like we've had early, you know, like uh, Plain White Tea, Chicago's own Green Day, all these bands at the very beginning, you know, it, uh, and I give them freedom. You know, like Green Day when they came in, they said, MTV doesn't like us. And I said, why don't they like you? Well, because we, during the interview, said, we smoke pot, you know, and they didn't like that. So I said, hey, I don't care. You can smoke pot. You can do whatever you want on JBTV. And we lit up this big joint, <laughs> and it was one of the best interviews. So uh, that's a little drug story. Now that everything's sort of getting legal, I can say these things, you know. Absolutely. Also, I've been doing a television show for all these years that no one's ever seen. It's a little secret, so I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't tell anybody, but it was called JBTV Smoking with the Stars. And I think you know what that's all about. And there's a whole pile of episodes just sitting in the many tapes that I have here in my closets just piling up. I've got maybe mm -hmm. five or 6,000 tapes that are just laying around. Videotape. This is, you know, like a digi beta cam, beta cam, one inch and two inch, mm -hmm. all kinds of formats you know, of uh, different quality and everything. I'm looking someday to actually digitize all that because what's online is maybe like an inch. And what I have here content wise is a, is a mile long, you know, like that tanker is in the Suez Canal. <laughs> well, I think the content will live in perpetuity. I think that now that all attention has migrated online I know the viewership of this episode of Hip to the Scene, they're going to go to your YouTube channel and they're going to go down the same rabbit hole I've been going down. Because if you're watching Frightened Rabbit 2018 and you look on the right, sometimes it's hard not to click away. It creates such anticipation for when your current offering is done because you're just going to stay in the JBTV world. There's so much content. Yeah, it's overwhelming, even for me. And what's, you know, what's really sick. I've been the only editor of JBTV for 36, well now 37 years. I've been the guy running the camera most of the time, whenever we go shooting concerts for, you know, it's Chicago's Metro or Joe Shanahan, uh, the owner of the Metro would say, Jerry, it's like you live here. You're here all the time, you know? <laughs> And we were uh, in the early in the 90s. We were just about there two or three times a week taping all these awesome bands, you know, and uh, it's so good to see a band on television. And, you know, I would get a lot of con uh, like Smashing Pumpkins. That's a good example. And Radiohead's another one where I got complaints. Why are you playing Radiohead? What a stupid name, Radiohead. Why are you playing Smashing Pumpkins? 
stupid name. And I would play like one or two songs where I'd get like on my request line, we hate this band, play something else, you know, those kind of comments. But I dedicate a whole hour to one artist, which would be like the Smashing Pumpkins. We played all the Siamese Dream record release, you know, at the Metro. We, we taped that. And uh, after two or three songs, I'd get a call going, oh, we really sorry. We love this artist. It's amazing how when you get a chance to really see a band play or to hear their music. Maybe the first time it doesn't click with you, but the second and the third time, all of a sudden you're in love with that band. You know, how many concerts have you gone to? Were you there to see the big name, you know, uh, the big act, but then there's that first opening act that has like three people at the, in the audience. And uh, that band is playing, whether they have three or a hundred thousand people, they don't change their set. And that's how they gain fans where people I've seen it happen at so many shows where the first opening band, people are like going, Oh, entertain me. And all of a sudden they're like, Whoa, we love this band. And they're singing, you know, they're it, they get into it. And uh, it, it's winning over fans one, one person at a time. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it could be argued that JBTV did that very thing. Imagine 1984, MTV is really starting to get the traction. And all of a sudden, there's this alternative. And there's this gatekeeper that is very keen and very curated, but he can pick them and he can figure out, okay, this is something really special. I'm going to share it with my viewers. And it's like that old shampoo commercial, Jerry. Your fans, they tell two friends, and then they tell two friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. And what happened, folks, is let's face it. Show me who you walk with, and I'll show you who you are. What that means is he started getting the interviews of the biggest, bestest, up-and-coming bands Jerry, can you speak to how it sort of started the snowball word got out? If you're going to the Windy City, you better hook up with Jerry. Well, it just happened. I'll tell you, in 1984, I started out. Chicago didn't have a cable, incidentally. So MTV wasn't available in Chicago for a number of years because at the time, our Jane Byrne was our mayor and they were negotiating contracts. But there already was a public access channel because there was a little bit of cable out there. And I started out on Can TV 19, which is the Chicago Access Television Network here in Chicago. And I was on there for about a year or two, at which point I got a job at WGBO doing production. And I said, well, don't pay me. Give me an hour of time. So I switched my public access show over to WGBO, which was a 5 million watt UHF station on channel uh, 66. And uh, uh, I, I, I had a great time, you know, and the sales department would come to me. Incidentally, we were on either before or after Howard Stern. I don't remember, but uh, Howard would get all these great ratings and I'd get half of what he would get, <laughs> you know, but uh, I would do a whole hour. And then the sales department said, you know, you're on a commercial station. You should run some commercials. We want to do stuff. And uh, I go, eh, I'd rather play five more videos than have commercials. So we were one of the few, I guess the beginning of the first hour long paid kind of show, but it wasn't paid. It was, you know, given to me. And uh, from there, I, uh, I jumped off and we, uh, I was still doing that. Then we got on WOR, the, the national service out of New York and, and Foxnet and channel America. We were on a few other channels nationally. I did a show called rock around the world, 
which you remember, I may remember. Then I turned that just in the JBTV because it really was JBTV and it uh, was easier to do. And uh, that's how I sort of started. And we were on, so we were on broadcast TV, not cable. There wasn't any cable. So what I would do, as you know, to make money, I was doing a company called Super Spots, which yes. I worked with about 300 different radio stations. I think you met Joe Kelly, my partner. At yes. The he was the deep voice. You know, he would do like ELO, <laughs> Pink Floyd, bam, bam. We'd do all these concerts and stuff. And we would consult radio stations throughout the United States, like KLOS Los Angeles, uh, WNEW New York, Z100 New York, The Loop FM 98 here in Chicago. Uh, all these radio stations, literally 300 of them we had. And we started doing tour spots. Uh, so we did the first open air concert. I'm, I'm skipping around now. I'm going way back to 19 uh, <laughs> in the seventies. But when I met Joe Kelly in the seventies, cause we worked together for 25 years or something. Uh, we started the tour, but we did commercials for all these tours. We did the first open air concert in Milwaukee County history. We did the Pink Floyd tour and uh, Harry Chapin and, uh, and Bruce Springsteen. We had in at uh, the Uptown theater in Milwaukee, one of the first shows, new artists again, you know, that nobody, Nobody knew about. So I, I was a radio guy that got in the TV in 1984. And then while I was in television, I, I'm doing a TV show on access. Then I go to broadcast. Then I have regional network and stuff. And uh, it sort of snowballed to that. Now, initially, it was all music videos. And then I would get calls because MTV, uh, the record company, would send me a, a, a one-inch videotape that had Madonna, you know, Hello, Vogue. But on that same same videotape would be a comp reel of like uh, Peter Murphy and all these other artists that weren't getting the airplay. So I, I had a satellite so I could watch MTV from the very beginning. And I go, I'm not playing that video. MTV's playing it, even though it wasn't in, <laughs> on in Chicago, unless it was an artist I really fell in love with, you know. So that's how I did the videos. And then one of my first uh, interviews was, uh, I guess with uh, the psychedelic furs was uh, first one of them, but they started to call me going, yeah, our, the artist wants to be on. Cause you know, the record stores back then meant something tower and sure they did. In Chicago. Uh, they meant something. So we'd play music before they would have the stock and they'd call up going, uh, we're getting all these people that want this Peter Murphy record, but what saw what, what they didn't know. Anything. They were like, you know, you got to coordinate this with the record companies, but I never <laughs> did. If I saw something, I played it, you know, it goes on and on. I can talk for hours about JBTV, but that was some of the early days. And, uh, like this, they might be giants, you know, that band, right? Sure. Uh, I had their music video on one of those comp. Remember the song Istanbul's not Constantinople. I played that song 10 times and I only saw him because on WOR, when we were on WOR out of New York, EMI service, it was WOR EMI service nationally, but not in New York, but everywhere else around. Um, I saw them on the Wally something show that was on before us. I forgot the name. Uh, you would probably know, right? There was a talk show on like Friday nights. Joe Franklin. Joe Franklin, that's it. And, you know, he had this band on, They Might Be Giants. They didn't play or anything. They were just talking. And uh, they said, you know, we got our request line and a dial uh, something or other. So I called their phone line and said, I want to put you on TV. So my show, the very next day, I played their song, Istanbul is not Constantinople, 10 times in a row, back to back, 
boom, boom, boom. Never was, you know, people like, why are you playing this? It's my favorite song. I love this band. And I kept playing them because they said nobody would play their music. And I was playing it. And they actually came in a week or so later. They flew into Chicago and did that song in my little studio at back then. So that was another little story that just came from watching another TV show, you know? Well, you've got thousands of incredible stories. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the biggest names in popular music know of Jerry. They've visited Jerry. They've been interviewed by Jerry. They've gone away from the JB TV studios, richer and more happy than they've ever been. You know, people love JB TV, Jerry, but they love you too, man, because you've given of yourself ungrudgingly for 37 plus years. You don't ask for a whole lot in return, but what you've given the world, it's like tenfold, 10 times over. So I really need you to speak to this audience because they're talented creatives looking for a leg up on their competition. A lot of these bands, they were not public figures when you first chatted with them. Can you talk no. about as a public figure yourself, what maybe you can do to prepare for an interview with someone that you know a lot of people are going to see? Ooh, you're going to hate this one. Uh, back when I was in Milwaukee, when I had 93 QFM, the radio station, I was the general man. I was the youngest general manager and stuff. The first summer fest that went on there uh, in Milwaukee where they had bands and stuff. Well, the Phil Donahue show did a live show on WITI TV6 back then. I had a chance to meet Phil Donahue. And uh, the funny thing about Phil was he'd have all these producers talking to the guests ahead of time. And after, I didn't see Phil talking to the guests and I didn't see him. He, he never really had like the kind of notes that they were asking the guests, you know, like what kind of questions, what don't you want to talk about? He didn't seem to participate in that. And during the show, you could tell that he didn't really care about that because he was along with the audience out there discovering this artist or whoever he was talking to on whatever subject, you know, he had a basic idea, but the same thing that I've taken, cause he said he doesn't really like that kind of preparation. He wants to be at the audience level, even stars today of big bands. There's a lot of fans out there that love the music. Don't know anything about the band. They don't really care because the music is what it is. The artist is just that the, the people making it happen. And, and uh, I've always took the attitude. I want to discover what this artist is all about as we're doing the interview. Not I already, I always hate it. You know, when I see people on TV where they're looking at their notes, they got the notes all there. Like, Ooh, I got to ask this question. And they're thinking more about their questions than they are about what the artist is saying. And a lot of times you got to listen and listen good. And then you follow up, you know, and that's been my attitude with doing interviews. So, uh, it's been a little bit unprepared. A lot of times after the fact, I go, oh, I didn't realize they were with, or, you know, stuff like that, where I probably should have done a little more preparation. But then again, my audience didn't seem to know much about these, these artists at the beginning anyhow. So we discovered and learned things. And you then can learn more, you know, online or whatever after the fact too, you know. Uh, how much do you value an artist's ability to hang and be likable as a person and not just a talented creative. Well, I think that's the good part and keeping it, you know, keeping the artist. We've always been relaxed, you know, uh, 
Everything we've done has always been about the fun of music and everything. There's never been an agenda. I'm not there to talk about their personal lives or any of this kind of stuff, you know. I mean, I've had all kinds of artists that uh, go from all different, like from the, the most right Republicans to the most left Democrats. One thing about music, it is universal. It doesn't have any of that. You know, it's like it's one one common thing. If you like a song, it doesn't matter any of that stuff, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, anything. Music is so personal and it's universal. It's the thing that I think that'll bring people together more than anything, you know? Well, I would agree with you 100%. And over the last 13 months, certainly we have been in a world torn asunder. And so many creatives have been looking at the scenario glass half empty with everything Jerry has seen and his life experience, you can imagine. It was just a month ago, Jerry, you did a big live online JBTV revolution television event. Yeah, that was, uh, we took our classic material and uh, did a three-day virtual concert uh, that we put together. We're planning more of them. Uh, we need sponsors, though. The biggest problem we had with that event was we didn't promote it good enough because it takes money. You just can't put it out there. You got to get like a sponsor to, you know, underwrite some publicity, some, uh, you know, getting a PR firm or something to get the information out there to everybody that is happening. So the next one, hopefully we'll have some more sponsors. But yeah, we have more planned because I, like I said, I got a closet full of concerts sitting here that have never been seen in so many years. And I got all these new shows that I've been doing, you know, all the way up till like last year, because we had to close our studio, which you're aware. Are you aware of that? Yes. You know, and the last five years for me personally has been the toughest I've ever had because about four years ago, I don't know if you, you know, uh, well, <laughs> we're all new to this. I was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and lung cancer. And uh, I had a baseball sized tumor that I didn't realize until it was pretty much too late. And uh, they said, you know, get your affairs in order. You don't probably have much time with stage four cancer. And I go, okay. And uh, so they scheduled me, well, we're gonna do a surgery. And, you know, you got nothing, you got to, if you do this, we can save you, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was on the, the what, what's the first weekend? Is it Memorial Day or Labor Day? The first weekend of summer. That uh, is Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. So Memorial Day weekend, uh, on Friday, I had a scheduled uh, surgery that Monday on the holiday. So on Friday, I'm watching, it's like 80 degrees in Chicago. My girlfriend comes down. She says, you don't do anything. You don't go anywhere. All you do is sit around. I go, I'm going to take the weekend off because if you're going to do surgery, you got to prepare for it. You know, you got to do this stuff. And I decided, screw it. I called the hospital. I'm canceling the surgery. I'm taking the weekend off. I'm going to have fun. Well, that Saturday, that Sunday, I was walking with my girlfriend down at the lakefront. Literally, uh, Dr. Michael McGee from Northwestern Hospital ran into me, he had his kids and he was on his bike and he, and I thought he was a viewer and he goes, JBTV. And he says, I really got to talk to you. And he says, I'm your surgeon. I sort of, you know, I, I'm like, well, okay. I, and then I remembered him, you know, and he says, you really got to do this surgery. And I said, well, you guys are going to botch it. It's a holiday. And he says, no, 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 no. We are serious doctors at Northwestern. We don't do that when we, even if it's on a holiday, we work 24 seven. And uh, he rescheduled the surgery that I canceled for that Wednesday. And if he wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have done that, and I was going to put it off to October, that's what I told him. He says, you don't have till October. 
And uh, literally, uh, he saved my life. He totally saved my life. And I didn't miss a show throughout all my chemotherapy and everything else. Incidentally, now I'm doing really, really good. And as soon as I got really good back in 2019, uh, my, my associate uh, that I've been working with, Chris Vicente, passed away of a brain aneurysm at 45 years old, just like that. And uh, that changed a lot, too. That was a tough time for me, you know, because he helped me every which way. And he was such a part. You may have met him. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. uh, he was there for a good five or six years. And he literally was an IT guy that was living the rock and roll experience, you know, uh, because uh, he never he liked rock and roll. But he was uh, he got uh, laid off from his job. But he had a one year he couldn't work as part of his deal. So he's like volunteering. And I he came in as a viewer just for one of the shows. He, and I said, you know how it is at JBTV. Everybody, at, incidentally, is an intern or a volunteer at JBTV. I've paid nobody. I've had hundreds of students come and go through JBTV. They've all been just exceptional people, gone on to bigger and better things. Chris never left in five years because he was like almost there. You know, that's the Rolling Stone guy. You know, it's like he mm -hmm. uh, loved it. And it was he lived, lived the last five years of his life. I'm so happy that he had something that he cared about and had such a passion for. So he passed away. And then uh, I lost my studio because of COVID-19 because I was, you know, I was still doing shows incident. I never missed a show through chemotherapy, anything. In fact, I got my surgeon. The Wombats were in town for Lollapalooza. And uh, my surgeon said, you know, during your surgery, uh, we were listening to all kinds of rock music. And one of the bands I really love are the Wombats. And I go, the Wombats are coming to Lollapalooza. And he says how he goes to Lollapalooza with his kids every year. And I go, I'm going to set this up. And they came in to play live on our JBTV stage. My surgeon, Dr. Michael McGee, is hanging out with a rock and roll band. I put him on camera with the interview. It was it was cool. Well, it is true. Everybody in Chicago who's had the pleasure and privilege of watching JBTV over these years, uh, it's like I turned on a broadcast channel station in Chicago. I couldn't believe what I was seeing at all. <laughs> I started dancing to JBTV and my life was saved by rock and roll. Well, I'm happy to hear that. And a lot of lives have been saved by the rock and roll. And I got to say, a lot of kids have been conceived to JBTV too. I ran into a number of years back. <laughs> I, was, I was down on Michigan Avenue. It's a true story. And uh, here's this couple with the twins, you know, in the stroller. And uh, they said, oh, we love your show. And they said, you know, the only time we could make out. <laughs> so uh, the only time they really got to have sex was when JBTV was on because they said the neighbors were fans of JBTV. And so they'd have their TV on as loud as the TV was down. So nobody bothered anybody. So I said, you really never watch JBTV. You've just been listening to JBTV and, uh, and, and making children. So it was one of those kind of cool experiences knowing that, uh, you know, kids were conceived to the JBTV show. Cause you know, all, all the time I've been doing it like a radio show. I like the segue music. You know, one thing I hate about these music services is that they don't, they don't segue. It's not like when disc jockeys used to play on the radio, you know, they, they were, they were telling a story a lot of times, you know, it's a rainy day or whatever the music would be, you know, to the mood. Nowadays, these radio stations that I've been listening to Spotify and stuff, the song ends, then there's dead air, then it starts up. 
you know, I used to segue music and make it into something. And, and I miss that in radio, you know? Well, ladies and gentlemen, everybody that has had the pleasure of watching this transmission, I'm sure you're all now fully aware why folks love JBTV. And Jerry, you're such an inspiration. And it's true. Music is a mood altering vibration. Mm-hmm. We put certain music on to feel a certain way. We put different music on to feel a different way. And during a time when everybody's glued to their screens, ladies and gentlemen, the time is now to delve into all things JBTV. And it's true, JBTV needs your support. So for upcoming events, upcoming all things JBTV, please reach out to our friends in Chicago and support or sponsor upcoming events. Jerry's commitment to Indie Nation rivals very few people in this uh, entertainment industry. And Jerry, I just want to make sure everybody watching now knows how to reach you. So hit them with the digits and the letters. Well, uh, we're at JBTV Online or JBTV Music. The biggest thing right now is I'm facing an eviction. You see my studio here. This is in my house. And uh, I, I the last year, I haven't been doing anything. So we started a GoFundMe campaign. Stop JBTV host from being evicted. And I've had uh, some good success with that, with our viewers. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. I still am doing shows. I've never missed a show, like I said. So that's one way they can help if they want. And I'm looking for sponsors because over the years, I've turned down sponsors, like for lots of money. I look back, maybe that wasn't the smart thing to do. But then again, sometimes sponsors want to take control of your show. I know that when we were on Channel 26, the general manager say, you'd get much better ratings if you play Madonna and some of these pop acts. And I go, well, that's not JBTV. I'm for the new artist, you know. So uh, I had to, had to do it my way. But nowadays, it's a whole different world with the Internet and social media and everything. The biggest thing I can say to you folks out there is do not buy or spend money to get fans. I've had so many companies come to me. Oh, you, you only got, you know, 60, 70,000 fans. I said, well, those are real fans. They're not fake. They're the real deal. They're there for the right reasons. So what am I going to have? A couple hundred thousand fans that are fake? No, I don't want that. I'd rather have a small, intimate group of people, just like our studios were, you know, when we uh, did it. I'm building a new studio. I'm working for that too. So I'm looking for a new location where we can do shows and stuff. But, you know, we want to do an 8K studio, so it's going to cost a little bit of money. (laughs) Well, it's true, ladies and gentlemen. The truth has a certain ring to it. And if you love what you do, you'll never really work a day in your life. But Jerry has given of himself for so many years. Let's really look towards giving back. And it really all starts with you Googling four simple letters. The brand is legendary. J. B T V. When you do that, you're going to have all these different choices. Now, for a guy like me, 
I immediately go to the YouTube channel, which is jbtvmusic.com. Uh, JBTV online, correct, Jerry? Yeah. We've had so many. Every time I get a new set of people helping me out, they want to change what the old people did, you know? <laughs> right. So, and I, I give people total, you know, I, I'm, I trust people. I'm from the old school that way. You know, I, I trust so many people and I've been burned along the way, but, uh, Again, it's all about the music, and that always meant more than anything else, you know. And I'm so happy to be working. I got Michael Harnett I'm working with now, and and uh, and uh, you know Christian White in Los Angeles, who's working on a movie for JBTV and a documentary. Mm -hmm. He's awesome, and he does all kinds of promos for the networks and stuff, you know. So he he's in the big money stuff in LA, you know. And uh, but uh, he's great. He's been with the show for twenty some years, documenting what I've been doing. So we're going to try to do that. And we're working on a book, too, of JBTV, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's not easy writing something, though. I'm, I'm easier talking. <laughs> Very so, true. Well, finding someone to tell your story is always uh, important because, of course, you've been living it and breathing it for so many years. It's going to be tough for you to tell your own story. But the JBTV story is not only fascinating, it will impact your life in such a positive way. Remember, the past is history, the future is a mystery. All we've got is right now. That's why they call it a present, folks. They call it the present because it's a gift. Because let's face it, Jerry, folks like us with more sand in the bottom of the hourglass than there is in the top, we can speak from our life experience to those who have more sand in the top of the hourglass than in the bottom, how important it is to live every single day to its fullest. Yeah, it means so much, especially when I came so close to uh, not being here right now, you know, because I trusted a doctor and the hospital and uh, they came through for me. And uh, during the pandemic and everything and everything that I had to go through, I never gave up. I was always positive. I always had music. I remember like I get off of chemotherapy and then it, then I'd go and have a band in the studio that same day. <laughs> and uh, it kept me going. You know, a lot of artists and a lot of the musicians out there know how this is. You can be tired and sick and just run down just like I can't do the show. But when the show happens, something turns on that adrenaline or something gets in their blood. And all of a sudden they're putting on a great show. The moment they're off, they're like sick again <laughs> and tired. But for that 90 minutes or whatever their time is for their set of music, it is so, it just shows the power of music and what it does to the artists performing and what it does for the people listening to it. You know, I mean, Jeff Buckley was one of those artists that uh, couldn't get airplay anywhere. We had him on the show a number of times and same thing with Wayne Coyne and the flaming lips and everything, you know, but, but Jeff Buckley, especially uh, he said, it's so difficult for him because he couldn't get played on the radio the way he should, you know, everybody thought he was just melodic and the record company, you know, like said, you should rock. So in the concert that we tape, he did kick out the jams because he could play guitar. He could rock just as good as anybody, but he wanted to do his music. That meant something for him. And uh, so we did kick out the jams and one of the crew members did a stage dives at the Chicago Metro. And at the end, he did Hallelujah, which went on for 10 or 12 minutes. And they had to close at 10 o'clock and it's now like 10 after 10. 
Nobody said a word. The Metro, which is the noisiest club around, you know, with everybody clicking bottles and talking and trying to get laid and all the crazy things that go on. Um, it was whisper quiet and there he is on his guitar singing hallelujah. And that was the last song that he recorded on video. And then he went and did his album and, you know, he passed away right after that. So to have known him, to have worked with that kind of an artist and that kind of thing isn't like right now people have a wider music and it music is more broad than it was back then, you know, where it was stuck. You had to be rock. You had to be this, you had to be that, you know? And, uh, but Jeff Buckley, was definitely one of those artists that uh, definitely, uh, you know, enjoy Ramon. He came by a couple of times too with his, uh, you know, with his stories. And uh, it was great. It was great talking to these artists to be in the rooms with them and to be with them and to hang out with them. Uh, it's, it's been one of the, it's the best thing that's ever could have happened to me. And I think it's why I, I survived cancer and I'm going to survive my evictions and I'm going to survive whatever, because I never, ever give up and don't you ever ever give up because if you're going to be hip to the scene you got to be in the scene doing your thing that you love right andy absolutely ladies and gentlemen you just got hip to the scene from one of the most important influential and legendary musical icons out there he is jerry bryant he is JBTV. He is in Chicago, Illinois. And Jerry, it's been such a pleasure. Hip to the scene is going to be, I'm going to work hard. Everybody watching this, please like, subscribe, leave a comment for Jerry. Show your love for Jerry, ladies and gentlemen. The guy has given his all for you. Ladies and gentlemen, he's given his all for you. So show the man some love. Jerry, are you ready? <laughs> oh, are I'm totally ready? ready. In fact, I'll give out my personal email if you want to send me email. It's jerry at jbtvonline.com. And uh, feel free to post it on your site, too. And I answer emails. And I'm looking for bands that want it right now. It's just zoom interviews. And of course, you know, all about music videos. I play their music videos. Incidentally, I like to dedicate a whole show to one artist. Uh, it's not like a little hit piece where it's just a little segment. I like people to get, a, you know, have a discussion. We do it all on zoom. Like we're doing this. So it's actually been pretty much fun because I can sit here in my shorts and be at home and never leave the house. <laughs> well, everybody watching you probably are very excited about what just happened. Someone who is a decision maker, a gatekeeper, as the kids like to say, Jerry, an influencer. <laughs> he has just given you his email address. I want so, Coke as a sponsor. I've been drinking Diet Coke now for 30 some years. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say, Jerry, is that it's been a pleasure and I hope you're ready. I am going to give you the answer to the trivia question we didn't ask. Uh-oh. Are you ready? Sure, I'm ready. What is that? The fat man. If you know the answer, don't say it. Or if you do, you can confide it in me after the show. The fat man. The fat man. I, uh, that's me. I'm the fat. No, man. sir. No, <laughs> sir. 
What's good to know, ladies and gentlemen, is the question to the trivia answer is going to be in the YouTube subscription. Wow. The fat man. If you know the answer, you know what to do. You got to be hip to the scene with Andy. <laughs> Indeed. All right, Jerry, you continue to fight the good fight. Stay going strong. And thanks again for being a guest on Hip to the Scene. Been a pleasure, Andy. And you keep on rocking and rolling. Don't you ever get up, you know, give up. And uh, stay nice and close to the microphone and uh, put some of your gold albums and stuff behind there. I think you got to rock it up a little more, you know, on your background. So, you know, when you start a business in the year 2000, (laughs) no more gold records. You know, I got to remember that because I, my first gold record was D light, which is on the wall, but we haven't gotten anything. The last one we got was AWOL nation. So uh, yeah, you're right. The record companies aren't like they used to be, but that's okay. It's all about the artists and all about the music and not about the gold records. So anyhow, thank Indeed. you, Andy. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being on your show. Likewise, everybody don't forget to subscribe and to leave a comment and stay tuned for more episodes of hip to the scene. Can I, can I say one more thing, Andy? Absolutely. My standard line. Bye-bye, stay high, and keep on rocking and rolling as you are hip to the scene. Take care. (laughs) Thanks, Jerry. Thank you.